Hello, church, and Merry Christmas. We'll, we'll be reading from Luke chapter 2, 1 through 14. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was one of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And when, with, and when they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth among those with whom he is pleased. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. Let's pray. Lord, it's such a great uh, night to celebrate you. And as we uh, kind of wrap up 2022 and uh, in just in a week, usher in a brand new year. Lord, we want to do it with our eyes glued on you, our hearts devoted to you, given to you, knowing that you're going before us. You've searched out our path. And Lord, for us as a church, Lord, you have great things in store, fruitfulness, and lives being changed. So we pray that you'd have your way in us. And tonight, Lord, would you speak through the scripture? And uh, Lord, if we find ourselves uh, uh, walking with you and uh, joyfully enjoying fellowship with you, or if maybe we're just seekers tonight and considering the claims of scripture and the teachings of Jesus, pray that you would meet us where we're at, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, the story of Christmas, as most of you know, is the story of God Almighty becoming a human being. And uh, I think we generally, we probably don't think about this as much as we ought to, but we underestimate the magnitude <laughs> of what's called the incarnation, God becoming a man. And so, to get an idea of what happened 2,000 plus years ago there in Bethlehem, we sort of have to get a concept of how big God is. And because if, if you know, God is, is huge, and he is, for instance, uh, Isaiah 40, 12 says that God marked off the heavens with a span. Now that word span 
in Hebrew is used of the distance between your thumb, the tip of your thumb and the tip of your pinky. So God marked off the universe. All of the created universe is held between his thumb and his pinky. Now, now that's, a, that's an anthropomorphism, okay, which is essentially human terms that are used to accommodate us humans to help us to understand a little bit better about God. God is spirit. He doesn't have fingers and thumbs and so on. But it gives us an idea of, you know, God's infinite nature. He can't be measured. But if he could... He's palming the universe like Shaq palms a basketball. Okay, that's how big God is. That's pretty big. So how, how big is the universe? Well, there's a lot of ways we can try and wrap our minds around that. But for instance, the sun, if we hollowed out the sun, you could fit 1,300,000 earths inside of the sun. 1,300,000 planet earths would fit inside of inside of the sun. Now, there is a star called Antares that is so big that if you hollowed it out, it would, it would hold 512 million suns, which could hold 1,300,000 Earths. There is a star in the constellation Hercules that is so big that if it was hollowed out, it could hold 100 million Antares stars inside of it. There is a star known as Epsilon. It's the largest star we know of. It's so big that if it was hollowed out, it would hold several million Hercules stars. And it would, to give you an idea, it would hold 27 billion suns inside of it. I know some of your brains are going, smoke's coming out of your ears. But that's pretty big, right? The universe is massive, kind of beyond our real, you know, imagining. But God, essentially, again, anthropomorphic terms, holds it in the span of his hand. He's got it palmed. But consider that God is simultaneously, he's not so big that he's not into the details. Consider God's building block of the universe. What is God's building block? The atom. The atom. The atom is, is so small you cannot see it. Even with a normal telescope, you cannot see an atom. How big is an atom? Not very big. Let me give you a, an illustration. There are more atoms stuffed into a drop of water than there are drops of water in the Pacific Ocean. If you converted every atom in a drop of water into drops of water, it would be bigger than the Pacific Ocean. So at Christmas time, we celebrate the fact that, that the God who created the planets and the stars and the galaxies and the tiniest of building blocks, the atom, took on a body made of the atoms that he created, by the way, and lived on this planet for 33 years. And he was placed by the Holy Spirit in the womb of a teenage girl. He was subsequently born in a cave, laid in a manger. A manger, by the way, that's what you see on top of the, the box, the big box right there. And uh, 
he was laid in a manger much like that. No, not a styrofoam manger, um, but that styrofoam manger is made to look like granite or rock because that was what he was placed in. We've seen them in Israel, ancient uh, mangers, and uh, mangers were caves. They were dug out of the sides of hills, and, and so it was very much a cave, and he was laid in a stone trough, essentially, just like that. They wrapped swaddling cloths around, around him to tighten his body and so on. But as we would expect, God coming to the planet, there would need to be an announcement about it. You know, this is like the biggest deal ever in the history of earth. And so there would need to be an announcement. And indeed, as we read our passage tonight, there was an announcement made by an angel that God had shown up. And so there's a couple of things that I want to point out to you from that announcement tonight with the few minutes that we have. And uh, so first of all, the announcement from the angel was personal. It was personal. In verse 11, he tells the shepherds, for unto you is born this day a Savior, unto you. Not unto them, not unto everybody, but unto you. And yeah, it's the royal you, but it's still personal. It's personal. The light shone on those shepherds out there in the field at night. And, and notice their reaction at the end of verse 9. It says they were filled with great fear. It freaked them out. I mean, they're just doing their shepherd thing. It was nighttime, and they're taking care of the sheep, and all of a sudden, you know, this giant spotlight goes on, and they're in broad daylight all of a sudden, and fear gripped their hearts. Why? Why would that scare them? Well, I want to suggest to you, it's probably related to the, the reason why you and I get nervous when there's a patrol car behind us. We might not be guilty in that moment, but we've been guilty in the past. There was an article that I saw a while back, cracked me up, but in uh, Kentucky, uh, there is a county sheriff there who is trying to find a way to clean up all the arrest warrants that were undone. There was like a hundred or more people out there that had warrants out that you know, they'd never gotten caught. And so he tried to figure out a way to, to get them all corralled and, and rounded up. But he didn't have the money and the budget to send out the men to get, you know, to get it done. And so he came up with this idea. He sent out an announcement, a, a personal announcement. And he invited each one of those people who had a warrant to come to the Kentucky Department of Tax Reclamation to receive a refund. And so personal letters, invitations went out to all of these people saying, come to the Kentucky Department of Tax Reclamation to get your money that's owed you. Now, of course, the Kentucky Department of Tax Reclamation does not exist. So they, you know, picked an address where, you know, an empty building where they could meet and so on. And all of the people who had the warrants showed up at the Kentucky Department of Tax Reclamation, and to their surprise, when they checked in, they were hauled off and they were brought to the county jail. 
Now, it was so convincing, this, this is the part that cracked me up, that a lot of the people who were arrested, they asked if they could use their tax refund for bail. But so too the shepherds, they were surprised at what they saw and heard that night. The angel shows up and there's this intense light shining on them and, and they're just scared. Why? Because they had outstanding warrants too. Just like we all do. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've done things probably that nobody even knows about in our lives and we're guilty before God. So the shepherd's first reaction was fear. Luke 2.10 says, the angel said to them, fear not. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy that would be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord. So don't be afraid. It's okay, I've got good news. This isn't a trick. This isn't a sting operation here. A savior is born. Listen, the, the root of all fear, at least to one degree or another, is guilt. And I believe that. It's the, the outstanding warrants that we have against us. But the amazing thing is that God isn't after us to arrest us in order to punish us. He's after us to pardon us. That's why he's chasing you and pursuing you in your life right now. That's why things are going the way they are. God is pursuing you because he loves you. It's surprising that shepherds were chosen to, to be the recipients of this greatest of all announcements in the history of the world. Shepherds were not considered um, very high on the cultural societal totem pole. As a matter of fact, they're right near the bottom. So the Lord scans the, the, the planet for an audience. I mean, this is the most important announcement ever in the history of announcements, right? So he scans the world uh, and he passes over the upper echelon, the kings and the princes and the dignitaries. He skips Harry and Meghan, you know. He, he goes by the Kardashians and all the other, you know, influencers in the world and passes over the military generals and commanders, skips the philosophers and the intellectuals, skips over the religious leaders, and he settles on shepherds. That's who are going to receive the announcement of God the Son entering planet Earth. That's who I want to receive this announcement. The shepherds were outcasts in Israel. They were the lowest of the low. It wasn't always that way. Shepherding was a, a noble uh, occupation back in the days of, uh, you know, Jacob and Joseph and, and those guys. But in the first century, it was a lowly, lowly position. So their work, it made them ceremonially unclean, and they had to uh, skip a lot of the religious ceremonies and rituals because of their job. But it's hard to imagine, you know, like the, the London Symphony Orchestra or the Metropolitan Opera or something, you know, going out into the middle of a dusty field and performing for non-paying shepherds. And yet that's who God chose. That's who the Lord chose for the angel to show up to and to share this most important of all announcements. And I think it's a window into God's heart. 
God doesn't call the rich and mighty and the influencers. He calls the poor and the lowly. Now, you can be rich in this life, but still be poor and lowly. God loves all people, and he desires all to be saved. But Jesus doesn't save the righteous. He saves sinners. So, the message was personal unto you. Listen, tonight, the message is personal for you. Unto you is born a Savior. He's your savior. Well, secondly, the message, the announcement was, it was global. Verse 10, I bring to you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, all people. So the fact that it was, you know, global, this is a universal message and announcement. It doesn't contradict that it's personal. It's for each person. It was personal in its impact, but universal in its scope. And all people were to have the opportunity to respond individually and personally to a God who loves them individually and personally. For instance, in Psalm 67, one, it says, may God be gracious unto us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Your saving power among China, in South Africa, in North Korea, over there in Iraq and Iran. Your saving power to the ends of the earth. God loves all people everywhere. The message is universal. Those who are changed by the gospel personally, like many of you have, are then to go out and proclaim the gospel to those that God brings into your life. It's a shame if we don't. Reminds me the story of Fritz Kreisler, who was a virtuoso violinist back in, oh, 100 years ago, early part of the last century. And he was a world-renowned violin virtuoso. And he, he, was, he made a lot of money in his life, but he gave generously gave most of it away. Um, but he discovered an incredible, exquisite violin on one of his trips. He wasn't able to buy it. He didn't have the money. But later he raised the money to go back and, uh, and purchase this beautiful instrument. But to his chagrin, it, it had been sold to a collector. So he got the address of the collector and Fritz Chrysler goes to the collector's house and meets with him. And uh, the collector says, listen, I know you want to buy this, but this is my prized possession, and uh, there's no way <laughs> I'm going to sell this. I mean, I went through a lot. I paid a lot of money, and, and Fritz Chrysler said, oh, okay, I get it, I get it. But I tell you what, could I play the instrument just one time before it gets consigned to your cabinet? And the guy goes, yeah, of course, you can play it. And so Fritz Chrysler begins to play just with such incredible, passionate, heart-moving music that the collector's emotion, he begins to weep. It's so powerful. And the, the collector realizes and says, after Chrysler was done playing, said, listen, I have no right 
to keep this. I'm giving this instrument to you. Take it out and play it in the world. Listen, I have no right to keep the beautiful message, the music of the gospel to myself, nor do you if you're a Christian here tonight. We are charged by God to go to preach the gospel amongst all the nations. It's good news. It's glad tidings of joy for all people. Well, lastly, the announcement was, it was timely. It was timely. Unto you, verse 11, is born this day. This day. Like God is into certain days, but there's an urgency about God's message. And, and you find that throughout scripture. For instance, Hebrews 3, 7. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the rebellion. Today, right now, today, if you are hearing the voice of God coming through the scripture to your heart, don't put God off. Respond to him. 2 Corinthians 6.2, for he says, in a favorable time I listened to you. In a day of salvation I've helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Today is the day. Stop putting it off. Are you hearing God? And maybe, you're, maybe you have a hard time going, is that, God, is that what I'm feeling right now? Yes. It is. That's God. He's at work in your life convicting you, convincing you of your sin and of your need for Jesus. Respond to him. You know, sometimes you can discern a person's estimation of you by the, the gifts that they give you. It, it kind of is a window into what they think about you. For instance, if, if my wife gave me some books for Christmas, wrapped up three books and gave them to me, and one of them was how to lose weight and keep it off. <laughs> the other was how to win friends and influence people. The third one was, you know, how to preach effectively, you know then I could probably conclude that my wife thinks I'm fat, obnoxious, and can't preach very well. <laughs> the gift that God gave to us, announced on that night 2,000 years ago, definitely says something about us. And what it says about us initially, it's not flattering. That God gave his only son to save us means that we are in worse condition than what we can really imagine. We are more sinful than what we think. The severity of the condition is revealed by the magnitude of the measures taken to cure it. Our pastor, Jeff Johnson, uh, who just recently completed 50 years of ministry at Calvary Chapel in Downey 
and, um, and handed off the church to another younger pastor. And Jeff has cancer, and, um, and the cancer is just ravaging his body. So they, you know, put him into chemo and radiation therapy and so on. And these are very um, aggressive treatments. And, and the, they think, at least right now, that the cancer is, is arrested. It's not spreading at this moment. But the treatments that he's gone through have done damage to his liver. And so now he's got issues with his liver. But without those severe treatments, he would have died from the cancer because the cancer is severe. Listen, how severe is our condition if God has to become a human being and live a perfect life and then go to a cross and die humiliated, naked outside of Jerusalem at the Feast of Passover, bearing our sins, making a way for us? Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Say yes to Jesus. Not only did the infinite creator who palms the universe in his hand take shape within his creation as a human being, but even more amazing to me is that he takes shape inside of every person who says yes to Jesus Christ. I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. Let's pray. Lord, Christmas time, um, at times is so, so filled with activities, family and traditions and gift giving and meals and it's all beautiful and and, um, and a wonderful thing. Oh, but there's something so glorious and magnificent that um, it's underneath all of it. The story of God the Son being placed in the womb of a teenage girl by the Holy Spirit, then born of that virgin, growing up in obscurity in northern Israel, Nazareth in the Galilee region, then at 30 years of age, going public, beginning to teach that the kingdom of God is at hand beginning to reveal that he is the chosen one, the Messiah, and beginning to open blind eyes and unstop deaf ears and raise up the lame to dance, raising the dead to life, casting demons out, quieting storms, commanding the wind and the rain, demonstrating that he, in fact, is Emmanuel, God with us, God with us. Lord, you came to this earth not only that you would be with us physically for 33 years. You then died on the cross, 
rose from the dead and ascended into heaven so that now for all who trust in Christ, God can be in us. So my prayer, Lord, is for those that have yet to trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that this would be their night. This would be the day of salvation. That they wouldn't harden their heart. They wouldn't put it off. Oh, maybe I'll do it next year or at the next service that I go to or, or whatever. I got some stuff I still want to do. And I, I know, you know, that this is real. I can sense that there's, you know, weight to this. And so, so Lord, would you just, Lord, lovingly, gently, persuasively draw those who need you to yourself. With our heads bowed and eyes closed tonight, I want to invite you to put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ, God's Son. Today is the day of salvation for you. And all you need to do is say yes to Christ. To as many as received him, to them gave he the right to become the children of God. Is God speaking to you tonight? Raise up your hand right now. Raise it up. God bless you. God bless you. Raise it up. And in just a moment, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. How do, you, how do you connect with God? You talk to Him. That's how. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer. God bless you, young man. Anybody else? The Lord, He stands at the door. He knocks and he awaits you to open the door. Has he been knocking for a while? Now's the time. All right. God bless you guys who've raised your hand. Anybody else before we pray? God bless you back here over in the corner. All right. For all of you who raised your hand, I want to lead you in a prayer. So repeat this prayer. And say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you, that you are God the Son who came to this world and died on a cross for me. And you rose from the dead. And now I want you to save me. So be my Lord and Savior. I give you my life. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah, let's welcome those who prayed.